weekend racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of the shows. Real fans look forward to these guys in their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDunes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is The Magic Mike Show, episode 390, Mr. Samich. Huzzah. <laughs> little guy just sneaking one in there you know it's an extra show it's a bonus show you know i need a full celebration it's a bonus show yeah listen we're we did a lot of celebrating yesterday a little hungover this morning proverbially saratoga opening day yesterday before we get into saturday show real quick mike your overall thoughts on saratoga opening day pretty fun uh fun to see the shoot interesting that the, the dirt track seemed a little slow to me uh the times came back slower than you kind of have been seeing at belmont so we'll see how that dirt track plays as the meet goes um two turf sprints won both by horses coming from off the pace, albeit there was a lot of speed on those turf sprints. So uh, I think the overall the track played pretty fair. Got a little bit of rain, but not much. It's a beautiful day here today. Looking outside, I'm going to go with sunny and 80 probably. Uh, a couple clouds in the sky, but nothing to complain about. It's the first time we're ever going to do a show well, Saratoga was running at the same time, which is also interesting. So we can jump in and talk a little bit about the first race here, which is uh, coming up about a half an hour when we get a little closer to post. Before we do that, Magic, I've got a very important question for you. Yes, sir. Are we covering the late pick five or the late pick four? Late pick five. All right. Give me one second to adjust my ticket. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing the late pick five because we're, we started kind of making this change because of the the takeout is drastically different between the two. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of people like late pick fives. You can definitely make a lot more money hitting them. So that's always fun as well. Uh, and Davey, Davey said this in the chat. I'm always shouting the background managing Mike show with the intro song. You're not alone, Davey. If you saw what happens, uh, with, with, uh, what's happening off screen. Uh, while we're, while the intro video is happening, I'm usually sitting here dancing and mimicking along, and Mike's usually doing something too. We've done this 390 sometimes. We still yeah. do it. So we're with you, Davey. Don't worry about singing it. Your ticket good? Uh, yeah, it's good now. It's okay. probably the song I've listened to the most in my entire life now, as sad as that sounds. <laughs> still number two to Freebird for me, but that's okay. We've got Saturday's late pick five at Saratoga, including the Diana Stakes, which is going to be a hell of a handicapping nightmare. The Sanford Stakes, which is a handicapping nightmare for a different reason. And then uh, three other races that might as well be stakes because it's Sarah freaking Toga, Mike. Let's get into it, buddy. Right. Don't forget, if you're playing the Late Pick 5 over at Saratoga, to head over to BetPTC.com. Get $200 as a sign-up bonus after you bet $750 using the code DUDES, D-U-D-E-S. So when you sign up for BetPTC, use the promo code DUDES. You'll get $200 as a bonus. It's also the home of the rebates. You get instant rebates. When the race goes official, so does your rebate. It's deposited right back into your account. And don't forget the King of the Hill contest every Saturday as well. Got the name right this time. You can win a free BC, BC seat. All you got to do is click uh, contest play every time you make a bet on Saturday and bet at least $200 and have a positive ROI. You got a shot at a $10,000 BC, BC, BC seat. So head over to betptc.com. Promo code DUDE. Sign up today. 
That's awesome. And also, if you want to play Saratoga today, Friday, July 15th, when we're recording this and we're on our live, we're having the tournament challenge again. This is our, our uh, twice a month. We do at racingnews.com in uh, conjunction with horsetourneys.com. Uh, if you enter, you, if you're a premium subscriber, play against the Racing Dudes team for just $10. We've got cash prizes on the line, $150 in site credit for horse tourneys to the winner that cannot go to a Racing Dudes team member if we win. So you're guaranteed to get some good stuff, have some fun, and then we will be live at 530 Eastern, 430 Central today covering the last two races at Saratoga and talking about the tournament. So that'll be fun and unique because Mike, you're going to be calling from the track. Yes, I will be. We'll, we'll see how this actually goes. Technology and, and the magic Mike show often are not friends, but we're going to try and uh, we did test. I did test it out. True story. Magic saw me do it. Uh, so we're going to try and uh, see if we can get live from the paddock. I will not have any uh, poop shots like slim did, but I will uh, try and bring my own flair to it. So we can uh, see if we get some insight from the paddock at Saratoga. You could argue that was Slim bringing his flair to it. Uh, good morning to Pedlo. Good morning. Let's get into the late pick five at Saratoga on Saturday, July 16th. The first leg is race seven. Nine older males sprinting seven furlongs on the main track. It's an N2X allowance. I said it before we got into this, Mike. This could easily be a stakes race because of who's in here. The three to five favorite reinvestment risk. Uh, he's finished second in all three of his tries at seven furlongs. Lost to Jackie's Warrior twice and Speaker's Corner the other time. So if you're going to finish second... It's seven furlongs. Those are good horses to finish second to. Yeah, and there's not any of those horses in this race. And I'm not going to waste too much time here. I mean, I, look, I, you're using two. I'm not going to waste my money. Give me reinvestment risk. Let's move along. Like I, I would. This made it really easy to put a pick five together. P.S. Like having reinvestment risk here, <laughs> three to five. I'm a little interested in the four Zoomer. A little interested in the nine Baby Yoda. But like none of them are as good as reinvestment risk. And yes, this isn't the end goal, but eighty percent of reinvestment risk should beat this field, right? I mean, that's that's about what he's need. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I think that, you know, I, I was went into this, I had two different tickets and I waited until this morning to figure out which I was going to use. One was singling him. The other is the way that I went. I think the reinvestment risk is easily the, like he's deserving three to five morning line favorite, but I'm also like, I kind of want to take a small shot against him because he's going to be so heavily bet. I'm going to use the seven river dog. If you're going to swing big, Mike, Swing for the fences. I'm going with the 21 morning line here for River Dog. And for me, it's because I think that this horse could go gate to wire. There isn't any horse that I think is as fast as he is. I mean, shit, he went 21 and a half, 44 and two in a stakes race at Monmouth last out. Going too short, going six furlongs. And there are a lot of six furlong speed horses in there. There aren't six furlong speed horses in here that I think will contend with him on the front end. Uh, reinvestment risk, like he does his best, I think, when he's stalking a little bit, sitting off the pace. Uh, Baby Yoda, he likes to be closer, but I don't think that he's going to push. I don't think Joel Rosario, who knows what the hell Joel Rosario is going to do at Saratoga this year. We're, it's a losing man's game trying to figure that out. But I'm going with the seven just because he has won a seven furlongs. It was a New York Red Stakes. It was in this, it was muddy sealed track, but he did win at this distance. I'm just banking on maybe he just gets out there early. And reinvestment risk can't reel him in because Jose Ortiz being on this horse, man, I think he's going to have a great ride here. Yeah, look, I, fair points. You probably get the lead. Will he hold on? Who knows? I, he's never had anyone like reinvestment risk try and run That's it down. That's true. And, I, and at 20 to 1, I don't, I don't hate it. Like I, It's one of those spots where going too deep with reinvestment risk isn't that bad ticket structure-wise. If you go five deep with reinvestment risk, we got, we got to have a talk, right? And that's where it's like, look, you just got to throw him out at that point. And then play the pick four if he wins. Because there's diminishing returns if you're wasting so many bullets. It doesn't allow you to structure better later if you're trying to beat him. So I don't mind going too deep here. We've talked about that on, on previous shows with a favorite and a second choice, especially if a bomb comes in like this. It makes a big difference from a long-term ticket perspective. And it doesn't cost you too much money structurally. Um, but this is one of those spots where if you're going four or five deep, I, I think you got to leave him off. If you're going to go one or two deep, then you can, you know, I think either single you're going too deep or you're, you're not using him here. 
I really wanted to try and figure out a way to use Nova Rags, the two horse at 12 to 1. He's also one at 7 furlong. He's second off the layoff, second at age 4. Uh, Mott Saez, he's drawn inside. I think he's good. At, I think he's dangerous here. But to your point, if I'm using reinvestment risk, I didn't want to go more than too deep. It was I only wanted to use a bomb horse, so 20 to 1 on there. But Nova Rags, did you look at him at all? Uh, look, you can make a case for the two. Nova Rags. You can make a case for the four Zoomer. You can make a case for the six Answer In. You can make a case for the nine Baby Yoda if reinvestment risk wasn't in this race. I mean, that and that would completely right. change how I would have structured this late pick five ticket because I would have spread in this race, right? I probably would have been two four nine, maybe two four six nine, um, if I was going to play if if reinvestment risk scratched essentially, right? And that would have made it a lot tougher because I do not have a single after this race that I'm really all that interested <laughs> in. I'm going to go short in the next race. We'll get to that in a second. Um, and it's another reason why if you're singling reinvestment risk, depending if you're using Bleecker Street or not, that all of a sudden creates a very small value from a ticket perspective because you're, you're three to five into six to five and both of them are going to get hammered. Um, so if reinvestment risk wasn't here, I think you could spread, but it's just so hard to say, are you just going to get a clunker here, right? Mm -hmm. I, the last four races all win this by open lengths. Uh, so chat real quick, Davey, uh, good question. Did he dual reinvestment risk, dual central quality before? Yeah, it was in the bluegrass stakes and in the central quality, it's the closest he came to losing before the Derby. Uh, so good point there. He can be on the front end there. It's just, I think his best running style is to take back. Also remember that's at two turns. It's a little different when you're forwardly placed at two turns versus what he would do at one. And Davey brings up a good point. It's going to look like the Preakness with the Ortiz brothers on the front end. Mike, I don't hate a five, seven exactly either here. You've got, I read on the five, you've got Jose on the seven. Two horses will be forwardly placed, and we know the Ortiz brothers like to play games together. Yeah, I mean, one of one of the things playing cash tournaments has taught me is that these cold exactas are, are sometimes your best bet because you know, let's say you're essentially getting probably you're going to get ten to twelve dollar exacta to the seven. You're getting twelve to one on a place bet, right? I mean, like that's kind of the way you look at it in that sense, and that's a heck of a lot better than than what you'd pay out. These cold exactas overpay if you're not going favorite favorite, and, and the River Dog will not be the second choice. So playing reinvestment risk on top and playing a cold exacta with the seven, I don't I don't hate that at all. If you think River Dog is going to go out and get the lead, the question is he got passed last time and finished seventh. <laughs> Does he kind of just throw the towel in when he gets passed? And you need him to run second. And I don't think reinvestment risk gets him late. I think reinvestment get, risk gets him top of the lane. And there's a whole stretch run for that horse to get demoralized. Yeah, well, he's got, uh, yeah, he's he's got a lot of work ahead of him. But at twenty to one, we're gonna take a shot again. Let's move on. This is the race that uh, should be on everybody's radar. If you're not even a betting person, just a horse racing fan. Second leg of the late pick five, race eight, the grade one Diana Stakes. Just six fillies and mares in here, Mike. Four of them from Chad Brown. Don't care about that. This is going to be absolutely awesome. The three Bleecker Street is your morning line favorite. Perfect in seven starts. Does she stay perfect after start number eight? Uh, I mean, maybe, but she's not. She's beating me at six to five. I'll tell you that much. If I didn't like this horse last time at three to one, there's no way in hell I'm playing back Bleecker Street at six to five. I mean, it just, you can't do it. And if you love Bleecker Street at three to one, I, you better be singling here because you can't go three deep in this leg and use Bleecker Street. That, again, especially with reinvestment risk in the first leg, is going to kill your ticket value. So you, you have to choose, okay, am I going to single single? Or am I going to play a press ticket? Or am I going to chuck one of these two or both of them, right? And that's that's right. structurally how you have to attack this sequence. I'm going to single in the first leg and throw her out here um, because I think that's – look, I liked Regeer at 6-5, to five, and now I'm getting those prices flipped around, and there's really no excuse for what happened to Regeer. The horses didn't show up. That happens. I, like so, I'm going to go ahead and say I'd rather take three to one on Regeer than I would six to five on on Bleecker Street. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. I think that we, so you went two deep, I went three deep, and I'm guessing we might have this in the exact order. I went four over two for my top two plays here. All great points. Uh, forget that last race at Belmont. It's just like she shuffled her feet and you said it. Now we're flipping the prices on those two, not using bleaker street. If she wins this and she's now eight for eight, Crowner is the champion of the Philly Ameriturf division right now because goddamn, that's impressive for who she's beaten. But uh, Rougier, a group one winner in France. She will be a group one winner in America. We've been very confident about that since she arrived. So we just got to catch her. I, I think this is the time to do it at three to one. First time she's been a price since Chad Brown's hat. First time she's been over three to five since Chad Brown has had her. So um, love her about that. Let's talk about the two creative flair coming in for Charlie Appleby. Uh, listen, he didn't win the Belmont Oaks, the Belmont Derby. He brought the runner up for both of those grade one races last year. And I would argue that he was had the best horse in the Belmont Derby. He just classic causeway went gates of wire on him. Creative Flair won the only other try at this distance that happened to be last out at Maidan, her first start as a four-year-old. Remember, too, she finished third, a nose behind Rougier, a nose behind Rougier in a group three in France at this exact distance last summer. So if you like Rougier at three to one, Creative Flair's won just as many times as Rogier has this year, and you're getting eight to one on her on a trainer that only sends his best chances to win in America to America. Uh, I think we're going to get a great price too, Mike, because people are going to look at the Belmont Oaks or the, the the Jockey Club Oaks and the Saratoga Oaks and go, well, she can't run in America. We don't want a player here. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if Jamie Spencer stays to ride as well. I mean, this is this would be very odd i would say that the one like just just sticks around for one mount here and then run, has him out on sunday too i believe if, if he wants to run on sunday as well um but it's it's very odd to see jamie spencer here for creative flair if you think this horse isn't going to fire i do i think creative flair is going to have a, a big big shot here i like the fact that we're coming back to the u.s after being here this horse has already experienced this it came over here last year as well so it's not like this is the first time we're shipping internationally we go back overseas we improve first time out as a four-year-old now our second off as a four-year-old is going to be in this race they're pointing for it i think it's all systems go here for creative flair charlie appleby didn't ship this horse to have this horse lose now not the a team from charlie appleby this is kind of the a minus b plus team but still a very 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 good horse and as you mentioned the regier effort puts her right there and the eight to one price is great so for me I'm just going to go with the two and the four, and I'm going to hopefully move along through there. I think you could make a case for the one. Obviously, the three makes sense. I think the five and six a little bit bigger of outsiders. I'm kind of surprised the six is at six to one. That seems really low to me. Um, but I'm really hoping we can just get through with the two and the four here. I'd love to see Creative Flair win at eight to one. That'd be great. I'm with you. I At the last second, I added a third horse, and I added technical analysis here. And I'm getting three to one. So that makes it a lot easier to put her on. She's two for two at Saratoga. The better of the two races was the longer of the two. So now that we're going nine furlongs on the outer turf, I do like that. Uh, a good second to Shanta Sara in the grade one QE2 Cup last year. She was Chad Brown's best chance at winning a grade one race in the fall at Keeneland. You cannot underestimate that uh has a career best buyer 96 that she's coming out of it matches bleaker streets for winning the grade one new york i asked aaron because i thought maybe technical analysis uh that that 96 buyer i was like that seems a little inflated i said what do the time forms say almost identical bleaker street and technical analysis so if you like technical or bleaker street for her new york numbers whether it's time form or buyer technical analysis has the same amount She's now third off the bench. We're catching her at a price just like Rougier. I understand if you don't want to use her, I think that she is definitely the lesser of the two Browns I'm using. But I, Jose Ortiz, I have this weird feeling, is going to win the Saratoga riding title. I think Jose Ortiz is riding as well as I've ever seen him do. I think technical analysis gets the job done with Jose Ortiz. That's the top five craziest things you've said on this podcast, and that's saying something. That Jose this Ortiz is riding. This week or ever, because that's that's a I've said ever. some really crazy shit. Ever. 
ever. <laughs> There's zero chance Jose Ortiz wins the riding title. He's screwed. He's not getting the like. So Pratt's taking all of the the A, the one A mount or the one B mounts from Brown and Fletcher. So it would take a minor miracle for us. No, he's not winning. No, chance. zero chance. Zero chance. It's either Irad Pratt or Saez. I wouldn't. I'm calling this Saez. on the morning of day two of Saratoga. If we end, I'm, I'm with you. It's probably a little longer shot because it was here. If he ends up winning the riding title, we are definitely coming back to this. Yeah, that, that's fine. You like trying to think of what okay, I, don't I, have to I worry about give that. you somewhere between 50 and 100 to one for Jose Ortiz to win the riding title. It, how about this? If he wins the riding title, buy me a bottle of Casamigos. Done. And if he okay. doesn't, you have to buy me a little shot thing of Casamigos. Okay. <laughs> I, can, I can afford that. <laughs> it's a nice little, it's about 50 to one, right? So there you go. I think they're like $4, not $1. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, look, he's going to have the secondary or the, the tertiary mounts for Brown and Pletcher. And that's where it's going to really hurt him is that he's no longer getting the second best mount. He's getting the third and fourth best mounts for some of these trainers. Anyway, technical analysis. The problem is Delica. That's the issue I have with technical oh, analysis. Oh, boy, yeah. Because the, the technical analysis in every race that you mentioned was lone speed. And a lot of times you run into lone speed, and you know an Italian's not going to push. An Italian's happy to sit second. We've seen him do that multiple times. And Rosario's on an Italian. So the likelihood of an Italian pushing is, is very low. Delica is a lead or nothing horse. Technical analysis is a lead or nothing horse. That, to me, is where you have the problem with technical analysis. I think you're going to get pace pressure from the five. That makes it a lot harder for the one to be able to win. I think it means that the six horse is pretty much guaranteed third, right? Like, just lock that six into third. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and either the two or the four probably doesn't fire. The three runs up for second. I, I like. It, I can see how this is already working out, but it, it, to me, technical analysis is behind the eight ball because there's other speed in here. I mean, I'm with you. I think you make a great point about in Italian. I think she has a great key underneath. She's never finished off the board in six starts, um, and she was six lengths clear of fourth last out in the just a game. Yeah, Delica is the wild card. What does Ricardo do? What is Ricardo doing? If I, you know what, I wish Rosario and Ricardo switched horses because I know for a fact what Rosario is going to do on Delica, and it's not go to the lead. And you know, Ricardo is going to follow the instructions, which is just sit in second the whole time. So yeah. Anyways, we spent six horses. We spent way too much time on this, Mike. It was fun, but we got some more to do. Third leg, late pick five at Saratoga on Saturday, July. 16th, I had to make sure I got the day right. Race nine, we're staying on the grass, going nine furlongs, but we're going to move to the inner turf course now. A dozen three-year-old males. At the N1X level, the two to one morning line favorites, not even on the screen. Sorry about that. Number nine, Fort Ticonderoga with my boy, Jose Ortiz, riding for Suge McGahee. But I'm wondering, can you take that short of a price in this field exiting a maiden special weight win? It's pretty tough. Um, before we do that, we're 12 minutes to post for Saratoga. And we, Magic actually tipped me off to a horse, the five horse. You want to talk a little bit about the five horse? It's a New York bred by Justify. The Magic was getting, uh, people were sending Magic texts about this horse, apparently. Yeah, I was hearing about this horse, uh, you know, before she even debuted here. Let me see if I can pull it up the, on the Equibase for people who are watching live. Uh, if you're watching, if you listen to this on replay and she lost, you can listen to me sound like a jackass, but that's nothing new. Uh, the five, I'm just kidding, for uh, John Kimmel, uh, eight to five. Okay, now she's getting heat. She was not now getting heat for a while that's why i'm mentioning it she's getting bet now she's gone she was a three to one lukewarm favorite has gone down to eight to five since we started this show so she's a daughter of justify if you've listened to us on measure mike show mike always talks about how strong justify is as a sire he's got two black type uh stakes winners already at two years old including uh the one that won yesterday at saratoga right yeah just just, yeah just cindy thank you um so i'm just kidding is also out of bar of gold who is uh the winner of the breeders cup philly mare sprint in 2017 huge bomb price I have heard about this filly because she is supposedly very far along developmentally. She's If you see her on the track, she'll probably look bigger than the other fillies that she's facing. She's also a New York bred. She's bred like she's a Kentucky champion, 
inches of New York bread facing New York breads. The only one that I would be worried about is the six camp Aquila because Tom Amos is very strong with uh, first time starters, especially two-year-olds. He's got Gaffleone and that's usually a good angle for him. But I just heard so much about the five and, and I'm happy now that she's getting steam because when she was three to one the whole time, I was like, shit. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I ended up with the, the three, five, six here. Nothing too special. I had the six on top, but it was interesting that now we're starting to see that money come in for the five. Cause it's a horse we talked about a couple days ago. Wanted to make sure we mentioned it on air uh, where there's still 10 minutes here to post. So if you're structuring your pick five tickets right now, uh, make sure you do include that five as a favorite. Like I'm not, I'm going to play the six and the five and I'll, I'll sprinkle some three in there as well. But I, you know, I, I think that uh, it's important to at least note that the steam here is, is pretty accurate based on the information that magic had. I'm glad you brought that up. Thanks. Uh, we're coming back to that. We will, uh, if you're watching live, we will be talking about that race a little bit more, probably after this one, uh, just because it'll probably be post time. But real quick, let's talk about this one. Fort Ticonderoga, short price. Do you take him? No, I kind of like the three horse here. Uh, Forever Super for the Mark Cassie Barn. This is a second off the layoff, three-year-old by American Pharaoh. Uh, that last race was just really good. And I realized it was on the synthetic, but there's at least some turf to synthetic transfer that you can talk about there. If you watch that race back, the horse looked dominant. And you've got AstroTurf and Backchat in there, who are two of the, the better horses on the synthetic turf, synthetic state bred circuit there. Yes, we're going to need to take a step forward here. But I don't see a ton of other horses that are going to have that same style that we're going to see here from Forever Super. you got a couple horses like Summer Anthem who are going to want to be a little more forwardly placed. you got Constitutional Lawyer, the 7 as well. But if you have the two of them go and then all of a sudden right behind them is the the uh, the three horse forever super here. I think it sits a great trip. Eight to one's the price I'm looking for. I think you're going to get a little bit overlooked because you're coming out of a state bred Florida race. But if you go to the two races as a, as a two year old, they fit with what you would need to take step forward here. And those were open company. So um, and we're going to see Gogo Bra or later today as well. The, the horse that yeah. beat the horse three back. Um, so I, I like that I'm getting eight to one. I like that Velasquez takes them out. I like that we've got a couple bullet works on the on the form there. Three of the last five actually have been bullet works. So the horse is, is liking life right now. Um, I, I think this is a live horse at eight to one. That was the last one off for me. Uh, I didn't. It wasn't even the knock about the synthetic that was, you know, it was supposed to be on the turf and it got rained off, but you still see 10 of them stayed on because of synthetic. So beat turf horses and beat open company turf horses uh, in April that came the week after the championship meet ended. So I'm starting to wonder how many horses really were uh, sticking around by that point, but it was just one week lever later. He had the third place finisher uh, native thunder break his maiden in the slop uh, next out. So you know, some class coming out of that. I think this is definitely a spot where you try and, you know, find some prices you like. So the three, like I said, was the last one off for me. So I, I don't hate that. Uh, I'm surprised the six credit event wasn't your top pick. This is a horse that debuted on the synthetic going two turns for Chad Brown. We talked about that back in January when this was happening, that Chad Brown hates the Gulfstream Park turf. Watch to see what he does with these horses on synthetic and if he sends them to Keeneland next. He literally did that with credit event was the six, uh, eight to five, no seven to five favorite in that race, eight to five. I can't do math. Eight to five favorite in, uh, in, in that allowance race at Keeneland and just an absolute brutal trip so much. So you made that whole race a stable and up feature. So, uh, I love this horse. Irad's riding after Pratt couldn't get the job done last time out. Yeah, I'm angry at this horse. Uh, cost me $70,000 in that last race. So that's the oh. main reason why credit of now it's not the main reason, but I have a hanging problem with credit event. Credit event made the lead, didn't should have won that race. If you go back and watch, Pratt sent the horse a little bit too early, but credit event didn't open up and then got absolutely nailed at the wire by a, a Saya's horse. I think it was like 15 to one, something like that. Um, I would have had to pick six. I think it was 15 times on a carryover day. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, so still angry at credit event for that. I, I remember Flavian and credit event. Um, 
my biggest issue was how the horse didn't want the win. And that, and that to me was, was like, okay, I, I like, there's a problem there. And yeah, I know we were adding some equipment here. We're no, taking we're the taking the, the blinkers were added that race and we're taking them back off. So I'm just wondering right. if maybe that solves it. Uh, maybe. I mean, but you would maybe. think that the blinkers would actually help a horse focus. And so once they get in front, they would continue to open up, not just kind of look around. Right. So I, think? I'm going to use credit event. Four to one is the right price here. I don't know if we're getting four to one. That's part of my issue with credit event. This horse got hammered both the last two times. I would expect this horse takes a ton of money again. That there is a ton of trip trouble if you go back and watch that Keeneland race. And that race has come back very well. If you go back and you look at who has now come out of that race, limited liability run over its head twice in a row, ran two very good races. That was your winner. Play action pass, one back. The fourth place finisher, one back. So that race has produced multiple winners and, and has come back very well. So I'm not going to knock the race. I just, I'm worried the credit event doesn't want to open up down the lane, which can cause trouble. Um, I like the nine here too. I like Fort Ticonderoga. I like this horse first time out. Now we're second off a layoff. The horse makes a ton of sense in this field. I mean, it's just properly spotted. Yes, we're stepping up. Don't love the two to one price, but if I'm going uh, too deep, single by too deep, I'm allowed to use a horse like this here. Hopefully this horse can kind of get the job done. And then I'm going to go for a bomb diggity horse here too. <laughs> Give me some of that entry. I, I'm, I'm a little interested specifically in the 1A dripping gold. We're, we're hung out in the 11 post, so that's a little bit of a concern. Uh, this horse came out of that last race where you saw a credit event, but that was first off a layoff for Suge, and, and Suge has uh, Jalen Samuel take the mount there. Jalen Samuel, not an amazing jockey. He's good, not an amazing jockey. Second off the layoff, who do we call? Your boy. Up the mount. Um, I think that's a big time step forward. I think it tells you a lot about kind of the idea that maybe we didn't see the best from dripping gold in that first effort. And now we are expecting to see the best from Dripping Gold in the second effort. We're getting 12 to 1. We're getting Pratt. Suge second off the layoff. Sign me up for the 1A at a price. You know, if I get a scratch out of here, the, the coupled entry of 1 and 1A is going to go in for me. And because of this horse, I didn't necessarily – I don't hate the one set into the wise for Jason Barkley. I just – I definitely prefer the 1A over them. I wish they were – they had flipped where they were drawn. I wish the yeah. Dripping Gold was post 5 and set into the wise was buried in post 11. It would make it easier for me to use. So um, all great points. Not going to knock you for it. I didn't use either of the Shug horses in here. To me, for the way – you brought it up. A great point. You can use Fort Ticonderoga because of how you structured your ticket. I didn't think that I could do it the way that I have mine. So I'm going to go three deep. A credit event was my top pick. I'm going to go with the four analogy for Todd Pletcher and Kendrick Carmouche at 10 to one. A uh, horse that won gate to wire going a mile and an eighth, but I don't think that's what this horse's best style is. The fractions were almost 50 for that opening half mile. Beat a horse named Baltus that day by a neck, had to show a lot of fight in the end to, to hold off Baltus. Uh, by the way, Baltus, a four-year-old analogy is three. Baltus won his next two starts out, got it, uh, huge buyers in both of them. Baltus has beaten several horses that we've talked about at this meet already. So uh, it's a name that keeps, he's like the new Ducali, except he wins. Um, positive <laughs> yeah, he's the positive Ducali. I mean, it's a son of Medaglia Doro who was first level allowance last time out after beating winners or after breaking his maiden, uh, almost catches credit event. He's a nose behind. So if I love credit event at four to one, I feel like I've got a like analogy who was dead last and just missed by a head and a nose. So uh, especially at 10 to one, uh, I really think that I'm getting some great value here because I also like credit event. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how this, this pans out because that last race is, is like I said, I thought I felt Pratt went early um, and the horse that won that race came from almost dead last um, castle leech or Luch or watch or whatever you want to call it Whatever uh, came from way, 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 way back there as well. Um, so you had two horses that were way back that charged up for the win and for third. And you had credit event who, uh, essentially went three wide midway through the second turn, took the lead top of the lane, and then was not able to kind of hold off all the additional challengers there. 
I'm wondering if that the race set up for horses to come from off the pace and that that's a little flattered that effort from analogy. And that's, but again, 10 to one and you were a nose behind a four to one shot. I, I like, I wouldn't try and kill that pick either. <laughs> uh, last one for me, I'll go quick. The number five summer anthem, another price at 10 to one Tyler Gaffleon riding for Mike maker, 22% winners, 394 ROI at last year's Saratoga meet. That's pretty damn good. I got a feeling he might try and take this horse gate to wire. There's not a ton of speed that's signed on. You, you got a couple horses that, that may, like the seven, if he takes to the turf, uh, could go with him. Um, you know, maybe Fort Ticonderoga sits a little closer, but I really wouldn't be surprised if I saw this horse have a lone lead early. And if you give me a maker horse on the turf going two turns with a lone lead, it usually works out unless you're trying to do it on an absolute shit turf course like Churchill Downs had for the Autobahn stakes. Uh, a much easier class that what he's facing here uh, versus then no smoke and tea, no Kaido Dan, both talented horses. You know, the fact that he broke his maiden at Keeneland with really good times sitting close to the pace, although we did have a runaway leader halfway through. You see, he was nine lengths behind in second, um, but still had enough left to hold off uh, the horses that were behind him. I think he's got potential. Uh, I really hope that Gaffleon gets that lone lead early into that first turn. If I see that, I'm like, lull him to sleep. Dynaformer, my boy Nick Feldman, I know likes this horse. Uh, Dynaformer's in the breeding as well. So the five at 10 to one to possibly take him gate to wire, Mike. I don't hate it. It's all going to be about whether or not constitutional lawyer presses. And this is the first time we're going to see constitutional lawyer on the turf uh, after running in back-to-back grade threes, tries a money track at Belmont. Now we're getting, getting to the turf and was close to a 45 and two pace there. Um, but I mean, if that's really going to be the defining factor, because if, if, uh, Summer Anthem's able to get loose inside and, and get, kind of get that inside trip where, okay, now we're going to fan out constitutional lawyers going to sit a length behind and then get a kind of easy galloping out trip. All of a sudden, Southern Anthem gets really dangerous. So I wonder what does happen because last, uh, sorry, yesterday in race four, the long t- turf race, uh, there was a horse that was going first time uh, dirt to turf at Afjan who looked like he would be lone speed or something and never ended up pressing the pace. So we'll see what happens. Different scenario, different jockey and trainer. But uh, I did think that was interesting when Afjan just sat off instead of gunning yesterday. Yeah, Ricardo Santana Jr. happened. There was no excuse for why that horse didn't go right to the lead. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. It was pretty frustrating. So I'm going to bet Afjan because it was the first time we're going to get the proper setup. Not that it probably would have mattered, to be fair. Um, it, it's like Afjan definitely got was not good enough to, to stick with that field late, even going slow up front. But being three wi- two wide, three turns is not ideal at Saratoga. You really cannot lose ground on all three turns and have a good shot at winning. Um, and that was also the ride that Rosario gave that three horse. Just was brutal, man. Oh, <laughs> that was a rough one. All right, Mike, the next leg, the penultimate leg, as they say, of the late pick five Saturday, July 16th at Saratoga race 10 to grade three Sanford Stakes. And this year, Mike, we've got a dozen 12-year-old boy, or sorry, 12, two-year-old boys, doesn't mean 12, two-year-old boys going six furlongs on the dirt here. Uh, I expected the heavy favoritism on another pletcher, the four, Forte, high rat aboard, five to two morning line, super impressive debut winner, field high, 81 buyer, all these things to love. How are you playing him? Oh, it's tough because I do you really trust these horses? You kind of you see from some of these efforts we just saw here, the two-year-old Phillies, you don't really know all the time what you're going to get from some of these two-year-olds. Forte was really impressive. You go back and you watch that replay. We talk about how professionalism is really important in these two-year-olds. Man, Forte was wildly professional in that race, was able to sit off the pace, make a run, open up on the field, and Irad chooses this horse. Now, I'm going to say chooses with parentheses because the other horse he was on, uh, uh, 
and Diamo Aferenze, the nine horse, is a Kelly Breen horse. And this is a Pletcher horse, right? So he doesn't really have a choice in my mind. He's going to always end up on the Pletcher horse here if they are at all similar. So I'm not going to sit here and say Forte is significantly better because that's where Ired decided to be. Um, I, I do think that that these are the two that are the most logical horses. If you go watch, go and watch the replay of Andiamo Aferenze, that horse absolutely spurted out of the gate. Like literally, I read almost fell off. That horse got such a, a scream and break. I was able to go right to the front and just shrug everybody off. I like the professionalism more on the Forte side just because I want a horse that's been able to come from behind that has faced some adversity when you're coming up into these stakes races. We saw it yesterday uh, when we saw Summer Promise facing uh, just, a, uh, just Cindy, where Just Cindy, who had faced adversity, had passed horses, was able to, to essentially shrug off Summer Promise um, at, right after Just Cindy was able to range up on the outside. So for me, I'm going with Forte here. I think Andiamo Alferenze makes a ton of sense. I'm going to spread. I'm going to go five deep here because I think there's other places that you can find some prices. Uh, where did you end up on top here, Magic? Well, I'm curious if if you're going to use both of those two, the two shortest ones, um, the four and the nine, uh, and spread. I want to know if I'm allowed to do that in this spot, based off my ticket structure because I would like to use Forte, but I left him off because I think he's just going to be so overbet that I like enough horses in here you you made a great point. Two-year-olds, second time out. Most of these horses have only tried one race, so you can't rely on them to do the same thing again. Uh, a lot of times, that's why they take big steps forward, but they can also regress if they have a big buyer. And so that kind of worries me with Forte. Top pick, number five, Curly Jack, six to one. Uh, this is a son of good magic who so far, at least when I was handicapping, 17 starters in his first crop, five winners, four runner-ups. He's doing great. He just doesn't have the stakes winners like Justify yet. Tyler Gaffleon riding for Tom Amos did not work out so well in race one Friday, Saratoga, but I think it was going to work out well here last year at Saratoga together. They were four for 14. That's 29% when overall they're 19%. So together at Saratoga, they're a little bit better. That debut race for him, you talk about professionalism, broke from the rail, didn't have the best break, rushes up inside rivals. And when the jockey said, wait, the horse listened and he waited. And when the horse, the jockey said, go, he drew away professionally. That tells me that as fast as he is out of the gate, I think he's a little tactical. And that's going to be very important because there's a ton of speed, a lot of cheap two-year-old speed in here that's going to quit pretty easily. I think if this horse actually takes back a little bit, watches what happens, I think Galfield can get him a perfect trip around the slowing horses. So uh, I'm with you. I'm spreading. I'm going at least four deep here, but I love this horse at six to one. Yeah, look, this is almost the exact same comments you can make about uh uh, some romance who ran yesterday, who didn't break well from the rail, ranged yes. up, then opened up when asked late. Talent in the field often makes a difference in those spots. But the nine also yesterday, Summer Promise, showed professionalism, did not make the lead, rated outside, just wasn't good enough to hold off uh, just Curly. So, or just Cindy. So, yep. uh, I don't mind the use of Curly Jack here. I'm going to use Curly Jack because I think the Curly Jack and Adamo Alferenze are the two speeds. To me, they could hurt each other and kind of blaze out there and cause some trouble. And because of that, I'm going to include the two-horse major dude as my next horse in here. Uh, for Todd. So I went four deep, you went five deep, and the one I was going to add is Forte. We have full agreement in here. I just realized that. Sorry. Keep going. No goody. Uh, yeah, so I, I look, major dude to me makes a ton of sense here. The two-horse, we talked about professionalism. This is exactly what major dude saw. Don't pay attention to the buyer. Nope. Because that buyer is kind of BS because this horse didn't get to run until later in the race. One of the few spots where you see a horse run a 12-second final furlong here in almost all of these races, a lot of the times, like Forte did it in 12, but a lot of these horses are doing it in 13 or 14. 
Major Dude did it in 12 because Major Dude got to actually run the last furlong, whereas he had a ton of traffic trouble before that and split horses and then won. I think there's a ton more left in the tank for Major Dude, who is also a son of Bolt Dioro. We've talked about how good Bolt Dioro has been so far here, so want to make sure you give him some love there in the two-horse. Uh, and then you want to talk about the 12 since I, since we're in full agreement? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Valens and Day uh, for Joel Rosario. I kind of think he's going to take back here and make a big run. I'm worried he might be left with a little bit too much to do, but like we saw him do that in the, the second race at Belmont in the Tremont Stakes. Um, maybe he took him back too far. Uh, you know, he did have to steady. It says that in the trip notes. I don't know how much that affected him because he was still in last when it happened. But um, you know, it, a little bit cleaner trip. You do have to like that Rudy Rod said, Joel, come on back. We'll let you ride it again. Saez was aboard for the debut, and that's a great sign. Uh, we should get every bit of 6-1 to one as well because uh, you look at the horse, it was uh, almost 7-1 to one on debut and then was 7-2 uh, to two in the Tremont. So I think, yeah, with that loss, that you know three-and-a-quarter length loss last out, I think it's going to be a little quiet on the, uh, the betting tote. I agree. Um, I, I like the fact that Rosario's back. I think this, Rosario knows this horse a little bit better. I like the outside draw, too. I think that's a big part of this for me. Uh, you're not going to have that same issue where, like, he doesn't need to take back, really. He just needs to veer in a little bit. And then it's kind of slightly – everyone else is going to go. So it just allows you to kind of cross over a little bit on the field, find mid-pack, find where you want to be, and then send the horse for one big run. This the extra half furlong should make a, should be valuable for him as well, make, coming from the back. So I, I think there's enough speed in here to chase. Rosario – Fingers crossed, can put his first good ride together at Saratoga here and get the job done. Uh, but I, I think Valens and Day makes a ton of sense at six to one. Uh, let, uh, also, the number nine Andiamo Afrenze, seven to two. Another one that we heard about uh, a lot before he debuted uh, is a three-quarter sibling to Forenze Fire, who won this race in 2017 as a two-year-old. I, he beat New York Breads in the slop. It makes you wonder if that buyer is a little inflated because of that, but. You hear about this horse about physically just being farther along at this point in his career than some other two-year-olds are. Uh, you know, Jose Ortiz is going to be riding, and you've got another case where the two Ortiz brothers have the two best horses, and you got to figure out what kind of games they're going to play with each other. Well, at least they're doing different things here. I mean, Andiamo Frenze should go, right? And so should Curly Jack. So at least you don't have them on the two speed horses because that's when it can be frustrating. But I, yeah. look, I, I'm worried about that slop effort too. We talk about Forenze Fire loving the slop and that, that big buyer first out coming in the slop. You got to have a little bit of worry there that you got three quarters Forenze Fire here who just fired in the slop and now you're going to face a fast track. The, getting that same effort back is not a guarantee. Yeah. Uh, any horse that we didn't use that you were worried about in this position, in this race? I thought thought the one was a little interesting. Bapio. Uh, it's the other yep. Bolt to Oro. Um, this horse looked really good at Gulfstream. Not sure what he beat, but then he comes back and fires a, a 59 bullet workout at Belmont. So that to me is a positive there. Cassie shipping up here. Um, we saw him run three in the, the Phillies uh, version of this race on Thursday opening day. And, and he's only got one here today. Tells you yeah. kind of a little bit more about uh, maybe which way he, which race he feels better about. So uh, the Bapio, I think, is interesting at 15 to one if you want to get a little crazy. Uh, Half-brother to uh, Papa Cap, who was very strong early, like this time of year, as a two-year-old runner-up in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. And, you know, ultimately proved to be great at one turn, a son of Gunrunner, who was a red-hot sire, just like Bolt Duro. 15-1, to I would have used him, Mike, if he wasn't drawn on the rail. I think being buried on the rail with this field, I think it's going to end up costing him a little bit because he's not an immediate out of the gate. And when that happens, I'm worried he's going to get pinched back and pushed too far uh, behind, but a lot to like about him. Definitely watch him moving forward. I wonder too, Mike, if they wanted to, Cassie originally wanted to put him in the Tremont Stakes uh, that um, the Valentine Day was in because he brought him up to Belmont. That work was before the Tremont, and then he didn't actually. Or, um, I'm sorry, he brought him to Belmont after he was been working in Florida for a bit. 
just didn't send him. So I'm curious, but listen, Bapio, if you like him at 15 to one, put him on your ticket for sure. Yeah, it makes sense at 15 to one. And that's that's the thing. I'm 60 bucks. I'd be 72 if you want to do that. If you want to include this horse instead of including the five on my ticket at 60 bucks, there's a, because you have what I believe is a pretty easy free square and reinvestment risk. You can really structure around it and try and figure out if you want a price on here and go after one. Well, right, let's move on, Mike. The final leg of this late pick five Saturday at Saratoga uh, race. What is this? This is going to be race 11 on the card. And, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, it's not a New York bread and it's not a maiden claiming event. So actually, we're not covering this on the Magic Mike show. So thank you so much for watching us. And I'm just kidding, Mike. <laughs> uh, out of protest. Just kidding. No, 12 Phillies and Mares, three and up, routing a mile on the 16th on the outer turf. Non-winners, two lifetime, in for $35,000 tags. The number four, Diva Ready, your two-to-one favorite on the morning line, Flavian Pratt, Jonathan Thomas. Not going to sugarcoat it, Mike. This is my top pick in here. Uh, you know, Dropping in for a tag for the first time, but this is a very tough spot for a 35K N2L. Yeah, same here. This to me is more of a lone speed play than anything else. I like the fact that we're dropping in for a tag, but I also think Diva Ready is going to make the lead. Um, and, and it can be very tough if you have what you believe is the best horse who makes the lead going two turns on the turf at Saratoga. So uh, Diva Ready, the top pick, not going to go too much more into it there. I did end up going three deep here. I think Princess Blakely makes a ton of sense. Chad Brown, Irad Ortiz. Uh, so obviously, his horse is going to take some money here sitting on the board at four, four to one. Hopefully, get somewhere around there. Um, you know, Chad is 0 for 3 in the form right now. So, hopefully, that uh, means people oh, yeah. people back off him a little bit. We talked about this before. They, he was running his best horses on synthetic at Gulfstream. That's where this horse is coming out of. I think he thought this horse had some talent. Turns out this horse didn't have that much talent. That's why we debuted, debuted in Maiden Claimers there. Was able to get the job done. Um, stepped up to allowance level. Now we're getting back with our buddies here in the claiming level. I think the four makes it, or the nine makes a ton of sense at 4 to 1. Last one off for me. I couldn't. I, I couldn't go to, uh, very deep in this race just because of how deep I'm going in other spots. And I didn't use her. All great points. Chad Brown's 32% at the claiming level. Um, you know, stayed at, at, at Florida because she's Florida bred, so she didn't go to Belmont after the championship meet ended. Not worried about that. Uh, the winner of that second start uh, went gate to wire. You know, four older horses were in there. I'm going to play against partly because of the price and partly because she's going to be drawn outside, but very worried about what she does when she tries turf for the first time. It's a question mark, but it's Chad Brown doing it with the horse that you said he put on the uh, synthetic twice at Gulfstream. So we'll knock you there. Uh, the four diva ready, like I said, top pick, you outlined all great points. I also really like that the, uh, you wouldn't know this if you did, it didn't do some deep diving, but the breeder that's, he races under Augustine stable. So this is a homebred, a breeding operation who's putting a three-year-old filly that's a daughter of more than ready in for a tag. Normally, I'd be like, why is he doing that? This is a great horse to breed to because it's Saratoga and they want to win, Mike. So that's why we both love this horse. Uh, next up for me, just to her inside the three, Noble Enterprise for Peter Pugh and Luis Saez. Uh, Peter Pugh not, uh, uh, only has five starters so far this year, two of them with this horse. And you see that she's come close to winning both times. Almost uh, gets second in the N1X allowance at Keeneland going a mile and a half, cuts back to going a mile on the 16th at about this level at Belmont, almost gets the job done with Luis Saez aboard, misses by half length to Kemba, who's returning here. Saez stays aboard, and now instead of being drawn in post eight, Mike, we're all the way inside of post three, much easier way to uh, save ground with Luis Saez. So I went four, three to start here. I used a top pick, but I know you, or another pick, but I know you didn't use the three. Yeah, that was actually my last source off the ticket. Um, okay. Makes a ton of sense. Uh, going to step forward, but I like size in these type of spots. Um, I, I, I like we start talking about Kemba and other horses in here that, that make me have to spread more than I wanted to if I started to include the three. So I just left Noble Enterprise off. If someone scratches, this is probably the next horse on for me um, in the sequence because I, I do think Noble Enterprise has a decent shot. I think you're going to get that eight to one price. 
Last horse on my ticket was all the way, well, not all the way outside, but the 10 horse, Freedom Machine. Um, <laughs> this is one of those where Jose Ortiz and, and Luis Saez and John Lascano all of riding, all are riding for Richard Schoesberg. Um, and four, four or 9% trainer on the year, just four out of 47. So not a well-known trainer, but this is one of those where, again, we're just getting back to our friends here. And if you look at those last races, it's state bread allowance, state bread allowance, state bread allowance. You have one claimer, 30,000. Where the horse is competitive. And we go back to state bread allowance, state bread allowance, state bread allowance, and then a maiden claimer for 40,000, where the horse won. This is the level this horse wants to be at. 10 to 1 is the right price. If we can improve off those numbers, I think you got a legit shot at getting a 10 to 1 shot home. I love the fact that Sayas rode this horse. I love the fact that Lascano rode this horse. And now Ortiz is riding this horse. There is some talent here. You're getting good riders to ride for a smaller barn. The question is when are we going to be able to break through? I'm hoping it's today at 10 to 1. Hey, yeah, you brought great points. I didn't use her, but I, I kind of wanted to make a uh, try and use her. And there's plenty of great ways to make a case. When she's in for a tag with her friends, like you said, that's where she's a great fit. I'm looking at this. She's a five-year-old daughter of English Channel. Mike, I kind of want to claim her for 35k, send her to make her, and get her ready for Kentucky Downs because I think yeah. she's she's gonna win. She's gonna win a Kentucky Downs stakes race with Maker if they're not careful, or at least hell, you could put her in a starter allowance and she'd clean up down there. Um, yeah. Great use at 10 to 1. Uh, not going to knock you forward. Just didn't make my ticket because, you know, you can't use every single horse in all these. We're not millionaires yet. Last horse for me, the 8, Raining Candy, 15 to 1. I'm using two Kendrick Carmouche horses in this sequence. That's not something I do very often. Uh, but with this horse, second off the layoff, second time at age 4. Breeding says should love uh, going this uh, distance in the on the turf. Broke the maiden over this track while protected last year as a three-year-old with Irad riding. I think that that is a huge factor that this horse was protected against state breads and got the job done at Saratoga. Uh, has been a surprise pretty much her entire life. That's why I'm going to get 15 to 1 on her. At this level, pretty much last time out, faced Kemba Noble Enterprise had absolutely nothing left, but she was coming from a seven-month break. I also blame that effort, Mike, on the draw. She was drawn in post 10 and had that super quick run up to that first turn. Now we're going to be uh, down in post eight. It's a little easier to handle. We've got a little bit more room to run because we're on the outer turf at Saratoga instead of the inner turf. So we have more chance for Kendrick Carmouche to get over and not be stuck 10 wide into that first turn. So with that in mind, if she can get back to her preferred running style like she did at Saratoga September 1st, 2021, when she broke her maiden, I think she's sitting on a big effort here, Mike. Yeah, I don't hate it at 15 to 1. I mean, you made the point that, that the reason I looked at her for a long time was specifically that post position draw. Like, a mile and 16th of Belmont is like halfway through the turn already. Breaking from the outside there is just suicide. I mean, it's impossible to be able to, it's not impossible, but it's very, very difficult to win from those outside posts. And then to try and be on the lead and do it means that you probably had to run pretty far. You're crossed over, but you're crossed over and you're doing it while not making the lead. So then you're just sitting the outside of a horse. I mean, it's just, that is not the trip that you want if you're running at Belmont. So I, you can draw a line through that one. And especially first off the layoff. Now we're getting second off second. I was a four-year-old second time against claimers. I, there's a lot of positive angles for a 15 to one shot. All right, Mike, that's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. We really appreciate you. It's Saratoga's second day, uh, and then we did the preview for Saratoga's opening Saturday. So it's an exciting time. If you're a fan of Saratoga, guess what? Go to racingnews.com and youtube.com slash racingdudes. We've got a couple of videos about Saratoga. By a couple, I mean it's everywhere. So go check that out. Mike and I are give our tickets one last time before we get out of here. Um, I will make a note that my ticket is $108. If you want a single reinvestment risk in the opener like Mike does, it brings it down to 54 So it's going to make it a lot more closer to what his ticket is i'll start off mike i'm gonna go five seven with one two four with four five six with two five nine twelve with three four eight again it's 108 dollars if you just single reinvestment risk 54 dollars per pick five mike 
I'm going to go ahead and single reinvestment risk. I'm going to go five with two, four with one, a three, six, nine with two, four, five, nine, 12 with four, nine, 10. That'll cost you 60 bucks for 50 cents. Uh, Davey, thank you. Thanks in chat. Thank you for joining us. And again, we will be back in uh, four hours because we have the Racing Dudes Tournament Show, which will be covering races 9 and 10 in Saratoga. Even if you're not a tournament player, you're not in this specific tournament, join us, please. We'd love to have you. It's a lot of fun in the chat. We handicapped the last two races of the day at Saratoga. So if nothing else, just join us for that. Uh, Mike will be calling in live from the track. Hopefully Aaron will be calling from the road. We hope that he doesn't lose signal this time, uh, but it'll be a lot of fun. So join us then. Mike, uh, anything else before we get out of here, buddy? No, I'm excited, man. It's nice to handy have Saratoga to handicap. I mean, we, we talked about a 15 to one shot, 10 to one shot that neither of us are using in the last leg that both are completely logical. I mean, that's the fun part about this racetrack. Make sure you take stands. Make sure you single where you can spread where you think you, you, your opinions aren't as big. Have a good time, man. Saratoga. You just got to enjoy it. <laughs> like Davey said, to, to start our show, Saratoga has four, five to one morning line favorites. That's why we love Saratoga. There's been plenty of you joining us here. That's why we love each and every one of you. Follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Kellowart. He is at Summer Bomb 18, number one, number eight. You're on the correct side for me this time. Uh, at Racing underscore dudes is the corporate overlords. Blinkers off was yesterday. I did that with Aaron previewing the weekend stakes action at Saratoga. So check that out as well. And then they have, uh, let's see, Dudes Who Bet will be on later today with Papa Dudes. So check that out. Or is that tomorrow? They might be on tomorrow. Check the YouTube page. That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow because Aaron's still driving. That's correct. Yeah. So that'll be tomorrow. We will see you back here in just about four hours. Until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck. We'll see you for race five.